Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFR Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as JeppaDT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. How's things? West Coast, what a performance last week. Do you know they scored an AFL low 1,097 fantasy team points against Geelong? How does that sit for you? Well... It doesn't surprise me because we couldn't get our hands on the footy and uh, we were a bit decimated by injury and it definitely showed against a quality side in Geelong. So, yeah, dire straits. Yeah, I can't speak much. Uh, the Magpies are struggling. And again, as I said into the solo pod last night, they are giving up monster numbers through that midfield. And then, yeah, my mate, not your mate, Darcy Parrish, what a game. So, Anzac <laughs> yeah, away he went, yeah. No, he was good. He deserved it. Um, and he's coming of age. Hopefully, he's turned a corner and um, gets the confidence he needs to, to you know, be a consistent performer for the Bombers. Yeah, I think he's pretty elite. All right, let's get into the podcast. Plenty to get through, uh, as we know. And we've just completed round six, so not even halfway through the season. As always, if you retweet any podcast link out on Twitter, uh, you go in with a chance at scoring a plus six podcast cap halfway Point of the season, we'll give away a few more uh, AFL ratings Twitter accounts, plenty of content going out there. Uh, all I ask in return are likes and retweets, and also injury information, fantasy analysis, and other stuff going up on aflratings.com.au. And remember, this podcast is focused on AFL Fantasy Classic overall ranking. We are, we are recording this podcast on Tuesday night, April 27. Make necessary adjustments when news comes to hand, and that is very important. Uh, last week we had a Lockie Jones injury, which Im- impacted pretty much everything we said on the podcast last week. So, yeah, absolutely make necessary adjustments when news comes to hand. Okay, Jeff, let's get stuck into it. Uh, just some general questions there. Managing your spend in a salary cap game is important. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's critical in, in, a, in a year where cash generation is super hard. Um, we've got to really cash in on these discounted premiums. And unfortunately, I, I succumbed to the pressure and I brought in one of the most expensive primos last week in Clayton Oliver. And I, I wish I looked at a discounted primo and had a bit more cash at bank this week. So it's a pretty basic game when you, when you break it down. Uh, you need to buy low and you need to sell high. So That's right. uh, you can put that profit into your bank and spend elsewhere. So that also reflects onto what you spent. So you said you spent up onto Clayton Oliver last week. Now you're a little bit hamstrung this week. So that is vitally important for the remainder of the season, that if you spend wisely, uh, not necessarily the best options are the highest priced options. Um, you can get value in those lower priced options. What are your thoughts there, Jeff? Yeah, completely agree. And, and that's why I always plan two, three, four rounds ahead. Um, just to, to see and gauge and make sure you can still bring in the value consistently week to week. If not, there's a double downgrade option. The problem uh, in current times is the quality rooks that you can double downgrade to. So, yeah, it's a bit of a double-edged sword this week, but i still got options that I'm working with and the buy-low theory working strong over here. Okay, so we talked a little bit about FOMO last week, and that sort of plays into what we're going to talk about, Jack Zebel, in a few minutes on the podcast. So FOMO plays into what you did last week, chasing a big price premium. So it, it does play on the minds of trades each week, but you, if you stay disciplined, I guarantee you 
towards the end of the season, you will be jumping rank uh, quite healthy. And I think it's still a good strategy to play out for the remainder of the year. Your thoughts again, Jeff? Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Like it's um, it's identifying those discounted premiums. So that's that's a critical part in each line. You know, usual story. You've heard us say it a hundred times before. Get your your rooks off the field as soon as you can and, and get the um the primos in. So doing that quickly means you need to cash in and buy low. Okay, young players are stuck in unfamiliar positions. It is impacting fantasy output. Do we need to be patient? Now, a couple of examples here, and we won't pretty much go into what coaches do to players because they're only young. They're only playing their first handful of games. So uh, is McRae for Collingwood, who gets stuck into a half-forward flank again, and Phillips for North Melbourne, who is an inside midfielder. He's a genuine inside midfielder, and he's not really getting as many opportunities as what I thought. So what we do see as the airport is quite... Uh, low scores. Now, in the future, I think the fantasy stocks are quite high, but it's just one of those things that we, in their first handful of games, where as fantasy coaches, we need them to score quite well to, to generate some profit, is that if they're stuck into a position uh, across half forward, is that we're going to see low returns. What are your thoughts there, Jeff? Yeah, and it's really identifying the role as early as you can with the rooks and um like I said, those quality rooks seem to be lacking. And, you know, I1 was hopeful for McRae, especially what he showed in that last quarter against yeah. West Coast. And um, it just didn't come to the, to fruition. So a bit of bad luck, probably more hope than, than logic in that instance. But you reflect, you adjust with your trades this week if you can and um, keep improving. Okay. By planning, what are your thoughts? Oh, look, it's on the cards now. Um, spreadsheets active, colour-coded with, with each round's uh, buys. It's all happening. Any primo that you bring in, you really need to manage them amongst each line and, um, yeah, plan ahead. So for me, as round 12 uh, draws closer, I'm looking at um, balanced uh, buy weeks for me, then... As we again head towards round 12, start to bank a bit of cash. And once we hit round 13, Jip, we need to come out swinging. Oh, yeah. We Those need... round 13 trades are yep. pretty important. That, that, that is where you can separate yourself from your opponents. And that, it's the high, highly ranked coaches who have had thin benches and haven't planned around the buys. So uh, bank a little bit of cash uh, as we head towards round 12. Uh, some balanced buy weeks, but once we hit around uh, 13, at a minimum two out of three upgrades, minimum. If you can get three, uh, yeah, you might be able to jump rank very quickly. So the round 13, it's targeting six teams and players from those. So those teams are Gold Coast, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, Hawthorne, Geelong, and GWS. So, I mean, if we go to Gold Coast, they're actually quite healthy from a fantasy perspective this year. I mean, you could look in defence for the half-pack lines uh, type players, but in the midfield, we've got some good players like Ellis, Miller. Uh, they're scoring quite healthy as well. At North Melbourne, well, the, the obvious one there is Jack Zebel, but, you know, if you want Jack Zebel, you're pretty much have, going to have to go this week. So then we look at Port Adelaide, you know, What's Travis Bogue? What's his salary going to be? I mean, is he one to target 
for the second half of the year. Uh, and there are a couple of others in that team that could be underpriced by then that we could also target. And then when we look at Hawthorne, I mean, if you don't have Tom Mitchell, um, he's one to target there at round 13 as well. Maybe there's a couple of others in that team for the Hawks as well. Then we go on to the Cats. Well, then if you don't have Guthrie, you don't have Duncan, uh, there are a couple of players just off the top of my head that you can look at. And then the final team there is GWS. Now, uh, Lockyer Whitfield is on the radar to return. Uh, hopefully that happens. Now, you can go early or at round 13. He, If you don't have him by round 13, he has to be your target. Okay, Jeff, final thoughts on this. What are you thinking? Yeah, um, it's identifying those primos in those buy rounds that you want to switch to um, and planning ahead, like we say. We always say it. But, yeah, identifying the primos in those round 12 buyers as a start and round 13 as well. Um, I've, I've done it. I did it started it last week, and, and it's, yeah, it's a plan I'm working to. Okay, just some current assessments here, a bit of discussion here on Jack Zeeble. Uh, just a quick thoughts, Jeb. So his scoring potential, what do you think it is for the remainder of the year? And he, is he a trade target for you this week? Well, so what, what's his scoring potential? What do you think he can average for the remainder of the year? Oh, he's averaging 100 plus for the remainder of the year. Okay. Okay. It's how many, games, how many games he plays for the so, remainder of the year. Yep, so let's focus in on what he's going to average because that's really important for uh, people to take uh, account of the situation and really make a wise investment if they're going to get in that track or a wise investment if they're going to fade him this week. So what exactly do you think he can average for the remainder of the year? Yeah, so 100 plus on the pure fact that you watch the games and they're looking for him every time. It's a clear instruction and it's a clear license. So as long as his role won't change, I can't see his role changing. I can't see them deviating away from their development plan. Um, so that is, to me, a, a really high probability of 100 plus the remainder of the season. Now, trade target is, I would love him in my team, but I just can't afford him. Um, and I, I want to see the dynamics of Aaron Hall and, and Zeeble together again. So I know he's turned up with Aaron Hall before, but I think it will affect him a little bit. That, as well as, obviously, Optus Stadium is a market ground. Okay, so keep that in mind as well. And with Aaron Hall... And all the, those little probabilities, or those little factors, sorry. Um, I want to see how it pans out. But, yeah, Collingwood in a couple of weeks, I know his draw, I know his scoring potential. It makes me very nervous not having him. I just can't afford him at this point of the game. To me, it's about discounted premiums. I missed the boat. Unlucky. Move on. So we had this discussion last year on Lockie Neal. Now, my thoughts were is that if you had Lockie Neal, Great, you don't have to decide anything. He's scoring well, and you've got him for the remainder of the year. Fantastic. So it was more around a discussion if you don't have him. So a lot of people in that boat this week. So I think you really need to be specific on what you think he's going to average for the remainder of the season. So when we started to get into the Lockie Neal discussion, he had started like a house on fire. But if you spent up on... Lockie Neal, to get him at around six, round seven, or whatever that was, you did not get value for money for the remainder of the year. So that's where I was coming in and saying, you know, it's you're just going to have to take him on. So it's not worth spending uh, salary cap 
and then shortchanging yourself for the remainder of the season, not being able to make upgrade after upgrade. So, and it wasn't about saying Lockie Neal was a poor selection because it was a fantastic selection. It's just that if you don't have him, you need to make the decision, okay, I need to take him on. So it's the same situation here with Zeebel. Now, I think we need, really need to be a little bit more specific than, more, than just more than 100 points. So I, I think he's, I think uh, 110 average remainder this year is debatable. You'll get some people will say that he will average under and you'll get some people that he will um, average over that. Uh, that's my line. I think it's 110 uh, and it's specific. So now if we look at other players that are cheaper, like your discounted premiums, what you're going to find there is that you're going to find a discount. So, you know, what Zebel has scored in previous rounds, that's over and done with. We need to focus in on what he's going to score for the remainder of the year. So he's 800,000 now. If he's going to average 110 points, well, you're going to get value for your money. If he's going to average 120 points, well, he's a very good investment. Now, off the charts of wild, and I don't think this is going to happen, but if he's going to average 130 points for the remainder of the year, he's a massive target and you need to get him in right now. So it's just a matter of where you sit and what you think he's going to average and factor that into your decision making. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Yeah, uh, all valid points, especially, um, yeah, his ceiling. Obviously, his ceiling's high. So I think just adding one last thing is the vice-captain and captain option. I think, you know, doubling up on 170 would have been pretty pretty handy. And I think given the uh, Saturday night game, there was a few that actually thought ahead with that and power to them. Um, but going forward, obviously... Oh, who they got this week? I know they got Collingwood two weeks. So Melbourne this week. So that's that should be another, you know, pretty decent game for Zebul. And um, Collingwood in two weeks, you'd look at him as a VC and C for sure. So to be able to double up on Zebul's high ceiling is is an advantage as well. So 799k, that is what he's at this week. So he's got a pretty healthy break even to go with that. So in the preseason, 799k was an average of just about 105 points. So I'll ask yeah. you again, Jeff, is he going to average under it? Is he going to average over it? So you've only got one choice here, under or over? Under. Okay, so you don't have him. So that makes, no. I mean, and it's an opinion-based game. So if you don't think he's going to average uh, over 105 points, I think that's a very easy decision for you. It's just, yeah. you're, not going to get, you, you're not going to take him in. So and then you just fingers crossed that he doesn't average over that. So well, see, also the high ownership too now as well. So every the most popular trade this week will be Dunkley to Zeebel. Yep. So you're betting against the house. And trust me, I don't want to be betting against the house in this instance. I want to be betting with the house. But I'm going to have to sell the kitchen sink to do it, and I'm not prepared to do that. Yeah, and I I think that's I think that's. Pretty much the decision most people that uh, don't have Dunkley are pretty much going to be sitting in is that, yeah, you pretty much might have to take him on here. And, yeah, it, if it works that um, that he scores quite big, yeah, you're going to be fighting that battle all year. But, again, Lockie Neal last year, great pick, fantastic. Those that paid up in about rounds five, six or seven did not get value for the remainder of the year. So... 
Um, it, about just about 105, 110 points right now. Uh, I think he's going to average over that. So I think he could, my, my, I would say 110 points line for me, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's 120 for the money there. So, uh, yeah, for me, and I said on last week's podcast, like he's taking those kick-ins, he's just, you know, he's, he was a smash player. So that's from the fantasy classic point of view. Now let's talk a little bit of football so people get an understanding of what's happening with it. Um, kangaroos and situation why Siebel is scoring quite well. So early in the year, I said that the Kangaroos game, they tried to move the ball fast and they were getting scored heavily against. So I said exactly it wasn't sustainable for the remainder of the year. So what our teams do, and I referenced the team previous in this position when they were in a massive rebuild, was Carlton. What did they do? Well, they slowed down ball movement. So they hang on to the ball, so they're giving up less opposition scores. So you make the game closer, and if you're losing the game, that's fine, but you're not getting blown out by 100 points anymore. And again, that's not sustainable for North Melbourne. So in the old days, I'm only talking five, six years ago, it was Doherty to... Doherty to Simpson, Simpson back to Doherty, cross half back, fantastic, and it was the best um, duo in, in pretty much in defence. So we're going to get the same situation now with North Melbourne. Haven't won a game this year. Okay, they might win one or two max, probably at this stage, if they get lucky. The point being is that, you know, if they're going to be under pressure defensively, they're just going to hang on to the ball so they concede less scores. So, And that's where it plays into the hand of Zeeble, and that's why I think 120-point average is viable. Uh, because again, if they're giving up scoring shots and they're giving up plenty each week, you know, and if their opposition team's off target, he's going to get a lot of kick-ins, yeah. So um, I think 120 is in play. Uh, anything over that may be in play a little bit. Uh, I don't think it's going to be less than 105 points. So that's where we differ a little bit. Uh, your thoughts on that again, Jeff? Yeah, it's. Um, look, I think the last thing I'll add is just the round 12 buy. Um, Having the pre having a lot of primos with the round twelve buy is not ideal, so make sure you plan with that. But look, Siebel, the, the numbers are there, the roles there, they're ticking a lot of lot of boxes. So if I had Dunkley, which luckily I don't, um, but if I had Dunkley, it's a no brainer to do Dunkley and Siebel, absolutely. Yeah, well, so we've got two opposing uh, team structures here, you and I. So I have Dunkley, and it's just yeah, it's automatic. I'm just not even thinking about it. Straight to Siebel, that's fine. So you're in a position of not having Dunkley, and I I agree with your call. You don't pay up for him. You you just no. you, you just got to take him on, man. So, yeah. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. When it, you know if Zebul goes and averages 130 points for the remainder of the year, well then, okay, you're just on the wrong end of it at the wrong time. But I well, think maybe it, the primo I bring in this week does the same. Well, well in, a, right. in an ideal world, so it's it's two way. And and the primo that I am looking at this week is is a bit unique and um, could have that ceiling so yeah he's hoping yeah well and that's that goes back to the salary cap game that we've talked about earlier in the mm. podcast is that you need to manage your salary cap well and you need to manage your spend well um i still yep. think he's a viable option but i think most people who have got dunkley going straight to zemo i agree with that all right let's move on for that devon robinson now securing the brisbane team with the Lockie neal injury and also the Jared Berry injury is out for the short term, medium term, uh, with a groin issue, but Lockie Neal uh, underwent ankle surgery. So what are your thoughts on Devin Robertson, Jep? Yeah, the only positive of an injury to, to the superstars. And um, look, he he's mixed his time between half forward and midfield last week against Carlton. Um, you would think with Neal out, he just sees that bit more midfield time resting at half forward again. So 
ticking boxes for role on GS. Um, most of us have him. If you don't, you really should bring him in. Yes, I agree. I think he should be pretty secure in that team uh, for the next few weeks at least. Okay, on to the Bulldogs. Obviously, Josh Dunkley is out for a significant period of time, the shoulder surgery. So now that opens up a midfield spot, even though Dunkley wasn't uh, rating high at centre bounce usage, he was rolling a lot through that midfield between the arcs type role. So Bailey Smith was moved out of centre bounces, and that was to accommodate Adam Trelaw. So Bailey Smith had not attended a centre bounce until uh, Dunkley's injury in round six. So I would expect that Bailey Smith is going to see some centre bounce and uh, pretty much a high amount of inside midfield usage. And his quality player, I don't think many disagree with that. So the other one there is that Lockie Hunter should go back to his wing role. So we know he has a, a high ceiling. And I think if you monitor his salary, uh, there might be an opportunity there to target him as well. And the third one there is Adam Trelaw. I think his inside midfield usage uh, should be stable at a minimum. I think it could increase. Uh, the Bulldogs have actually been pretty tight on their centre bounce rotations this year. Other other teams have gone with six, seven, eight players in at centre bounces per game. The Bulldogs have been really, really tight at the same five players. And then obviously now that's going to change up with the Josh Dunkley injury. What are your thoughts, Jet? Yeah, I think um, Lipinski obviously is the comes in for Dunkley. Mm-hmm. And and Lipinski's not foreign to the half-forward midfield role. So then, yeah, Bailey Smith, you would th- think, goes in that, takes that those centre bounces that Dunkley had. Um, the Hunter thing is an interesting one. So I really want to see it play out. I, I don't know if Hunter's role is going to change. I don't think it will. If if I'm right with Lipinski replacing Dunkley in a like-for-like sense, and there's similar players. Lipinski can tackle very well and kick a couple of goals when he has to. Um, but Bailey Smith's the one where it really, you know, it's, um, it's going to advantage him. So, yeah, watching Hunter like a hawk this weekend, and um, Bailey Smith should get off the chain. So with Lockie Hunter, let's talk specifics here, and let's be smart with our salary cap spend yet. He's got a break even of 122, so that's we're not we're not buying that, are we? No, I'm not. No, buying no, that. sorry. No, 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 sorry. Uh, so, so he's at 678k, 122 break even. So if he scores, just say he scores yeah. 100, you're going to get there's a cheaper option next week. So Absolutely. you would think for the next couple of weeks, if his scoring does increase, his salary is probably going to settle around that 650 mark. So if he goes 110, 110, you're still probably looking at a little bit of a discount there on that 678k of what it is right now. So it's a pretty much free look for a couple of weeks to see where he's at. Jet, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, spot on. So the 122, you play the break-even game. We get a week or two to look at him, see if there's a role change, ticket box. If there is, great. If not, we we move on to other discounted premiums. The only issue is is if he goes off 150 points against Richmond this week. (laughs) That's a, then that becomes an automatic to, well, to win the buy next week. Yeah. Was, if, if he moves to his customary wing role, then, wow. You know, and, and just this is hypothetical. I've been watching Jack McCray very closely, um, especially in his last couple of games, and he gets a lot of possessions on the outside flick outs. Absolutely. So if Hunter does go to that wing role, traditional wing role, I, dare I say it's going to affect McCray's scores. But 
it's very hypothetical and it's just observing what I've seen, how McRae's getting a lot of his footy. So just on Richmond there, and this is this one if he goes off this week under, and then it's a, almost a decision next week, do we, need, do we need to grab him? Or the week after. So Richmond pretty much let midfielders go. So it's going to be yeah. interesting what type of numbers that they're going to put up. And the Tigers are under man now, and with Dusty out of that team. So it's going to be interesting to see if there are any adjustments from Hardwick. I don't think he makes huge structural adjustments or game plan adjustments. So, yeah, the, the Bulldogs might be in for a free ride this week, and the Hunter might be uh, a major beneficiary of that. But anyway, uh, just one to three plays to look out there. Bailey Smith, Lockie Hunter, and Adam Trelaw. Okay. On to break evens to target. So there are only five players at the moment uh, that have a negative break even. So I'm just going to have a quick discuss- discussion on those. Jordan Sweet, Jep. So we've got uh, Tim English out with concussion protocol. His jaw has been cleared. Jordan Sweet might get the opportunity uh, this week. It doesn't look like Jamar Ugelhagen is going to come in for a debut. So Jordan Sweet might get a reprieve at minus eight break even. It's not really a target because I don't think his long-term opportunities, even medium-short opportunities, are there. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and to me, he's not a target just because the game he did play was against the Gold Coast Suns, who were down Ruckman, and it was a pretty soft matchup for him. So that's why he scored 73. So I'd just be wary with Sweet. Jai Farrar. Now, he had 65 points at three-quarter time, and I thought he was going to hit 100. So... Um, he had a very quiet last quarter. He was matched up against Isaac Kenny. I thought he was fantastic. So um, I think his scoring uh, opportunities are pretty good. And it looks like his job security also is pretty decent there at the Suns. So he's 304k minus eight break even. What are you thinking, Chip? Yeah, it has to be a lot for those that don't have him. Have to bring him in in this type of game where we're trying to earn as much cash as we can. Um, he scores you the points and earns you the dollars. So get him in. Uh, to Boston of Lagi, uh, former Collingwood, onto North Melbourne now. Minus seven break even, 266k in defence. And as we said with Zeeble, uh, what you're looking at there is a lot of ball retention across half back to reduce opposition scoring. Boston of Lagi is in that situation. Uh, he's been pretty solid. Again, 266k minus seven break even. Jep, what are you thinking? I think Aaron Hall will affect his scores a little bit. But again, if, um, if it suits you guys, he's still going to be in. Uh, North Melbourne's 22. He just might have a, a slight role change. So don't expect 70s every week from him. I think 60, as all rooks, we, we benchmark after 60 points, and um, that's where he's more at. Jacob Kaczynski, so he's at 304k. Uh, scored uh, Kicked five goals, scored over 100 points against the Crows in round six. Minus six break even. So uh, there's some cash to be made here on Kaczynski. So what are you thinking, Jeb? Most people, I would think, have him already uh, because he was bottom price. What are you thinking? Oh, yeah, if you don't have him, you just um, through the keeper. Look at other options. But those that do have him, it's more of a question, do we start him on field against St Kilda this week or we don't? Um, Dougal Howe could go to him. Who knows? It might be Wilkie and they, they leave Howard as the interceptor. I don't think he's going to have the the best game against the Saints with their tall defenders, but um, yeah, keep him on your bench regardless and let him earn the cash for a couple more weeks. Okay, Martin Frederick, uh, pretty decent debut for Port Adelaide in round six against St Kilda. Uh, I think he was pretty outstanding, Jeb. So my thinking is that he is in this team a fair few run of games. 
Um, again, I thought he was fantastic, uh, but Riley Bonner is on the radar to return for Port Adelaide. So we might be going through this Miles Bergman situation again and which player drops out. And it's not guaranteed yet where Bonner is going to play this week. Um, Ken Hinckley may want to run with a successful team again, which is a, a definitely a possibility. Um, and Dan Houston just on that uh, shoulder concern last week that he was pretty much a game time decision in the end, but he got through and scored quite well. But... Back to Martin Frederick, I thought he was fantastic. 198k, I think he's a target jet. Minus five break even. What are you thinking? Well, I think he gives the port defence something that they don't have, and that's a line breaker. Speed, yeah. And and if you look at the other, you know, they got the three tools and then the two hard halfbacks. It's something that they don't have. So at worst, he's a bench rotation through wing and through halfback. Um, so there's definitely a role for him. It's how long the role can be sustained, and it's really up to Martin Frederick how well he plays. But, yeah, massive massive ups to him on, on his debut game. And, um, you know, Brisbane will give him more of a challenge this week. It's up there at the Gabba, I believe. So um, a bit more wet weather, slippery, not yeah. as easy to handle. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to affect Bergman as well, by the way, the, one of the biggest mark kick rooks we have. So... Um, just keep that in mind. And then we've got Dunkley is just big on loyalty on these senior players, and they're obviously vying Hinkley. for something. Uh, sorry, Hinkley. Um, is, they're vying for something pretty big over there at Port Adelaide and um, playing one of the, you know, they're arguably the best team in the comp right now. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one with Frederick because we've been burnt before with the Brooks from uh, Hinkley's selection choices. And, it's just where the team's at and how stable they are and what great depth they have proven by the last three, four weeks. So, oh, I just, I don't know if I can do it um, with Frederick. I'd love to do it, but I don't think I'm going to. Yeah, obviously a lot of people, if you've got um, Neil or Dunkley or other injury issues, you get, might be forced into a situation where you can't target him this week, but I think that's a pretty solid uh, trading target for 198k at minus five break even. Um, I pretty much think um, that Hinkley will roll out the same team. Uh, I think he's pretty trustworthy with the rookies actually. I uh, don't really, yeah, I think he's just pretty pretty trustworthy. And, and, and again, credit to Port Adelaide, they gave out the, pretty much that team announcement on Saturday morning for a Sunday game. So yeah, that helps with the rolling lockout for fantasy coaches. So yep, solid uh, choice, Martin Frederick. Okay, so. Salary cap game, uh, underpriced premiums to target, and that's pretty much the game that we're going to play this year, Jeff. So premium players to target, high ceiling player types. So we're going to target players less than 750K. We did this last week. And it's a break even, uh, fewer than 100 points. So the first uh, player in line there is Adam Trelaw, 748K, 86 break even. What are you thinking, Jeff? Oh, he's... Yeah, still discount. So love him. Um, obviously, yep. yeah, definite target. Yep, if you sure. can get him, get him. Uh, so Sam Doherty again, and I've mentioned it numerous podcasts before. Defenders are flat, flat um, scoring average, and that pretty much uh, means that their salary is going to hover around the same price. So you're not going to get burnt that much unless Doherty goes right off. But he's 733k break even of 83. Jet is he a trade target? 
He's not for me. And this yeah. is a bit controversial. Yeah, I, I'm just not budging on this. Um, I'm, I'm going to say no and, and happily say no just because of the what other selections we have. We, we are blessed with Defendo Primos this year. Um, and Laird, Mills had big games on the weekend. You know, Chris was up there. We've got Whitfield coming back. Jake Lloyd just keeps on doing what he's doing. Um, so, yeah, you get towards the end of the six. And, and there's Doherty, probably at seven or eight. So it's a no for me, but, you know, it, I'm not discounting anyone that gets him because he's a great player and a great fantasy player as well. Yeah, I still think he's a good trade target. And just on Trelaw there, yeah, good trade target there as well. So on to Steele side bottom, so inside midfield usage against the Bombers. Bombers are pretty much a soft matchup, even more so Collingwood a uh, soft matchup. In that midfield, so he ran up his score in round six. Uh, he might be a target for a few. So his break even is 97. I still think it's a little bit high, even though he can easily hit that. 726,000, so that's definitely in the range of targeting him. And what are you thinking there, Jeff, on the side bottom? He's not for me, but um, we we don't have that list of um, forward primos still, even after the DPP. So. Yeah, you could go him. He's not for me. I just worry about him. His soft tissue history. It just we've had enough trauma with injuries and suspensions this season. I think he's an okay trade target, but yeah, uh, aging. Uh, so if you're playing the aging game, you don't want to target him. I think it's uh, pretty good to take a fade on the side bottom and break even of 97 doesn't scream out to me that he's a massive trade target this week. Uh, if that was down around about the 60 range, you might be interested, but yeah. Uh, not for me just yet for Steel Sidebottom. Tom Stewart, uh, obviously interceptor for Geelong. Uh, break even of 90 jet, 719k. He's in that range still, but again, defenders don't really spike that much. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think you can wait on, on Tom Stewart. I don't think he, there's ever a time where he's never gettable. So um, just hold fire on Tom. He should be a target later down the track. Ron Marshall for the Saints. 717k, 99 break even, doesn't scream out as a, a must get right now. So it might be one to look at later in the season. Obviously, he had his foot concerns over the preseason, so it's likely that one we can still wait on Rowan Marshall, even though he scored well last week, Jip. Yeah, agree 100%. Not really going to add to that. Christian Salem. Now, he's a break even that might be of interest. 65 at the moment, and 703 break even. So he is running up the scores at the moment, uh, averaging quite nicely. I think it's a target. I think the break even is quite nice. Uh, I do like it. 703, it's not overly expensive. Um, so for me, I, I do like. What are you thinking, Jeff? Nah, same reasons as, as Doherty. I think there are better options that we can get that are still value. And although, you know, low 700,000s is value, I think there's better. Yeah, I guess if, you, if you've if you got an argument to say that Salem might be in that top six, well, then yeah, you're not spending that money on him. Okay, opposed to Max Gorn and Brody Grundy is Riley O'Brien. Uh, he's down at $701,000. So his break-even is 78. It's right in the range. He has scored quite nicely over the last uh, four or so weeks. So what are you thinking there, Jeff? Yeah, it's... Um, if the Gorn and Grundy is the... the really um, priority targets, but if you can't get there for whatever reason, for sure, Riley O'Brien is still very affordable and had a really good game um, against the Hawks last weekend. 
So for those who are still rolling with Matthew Flynn at R2, and you've got your problems there this week because you know potentially Shane Mumford does play again. Surprise, surprise. So um, if you can't get up to Grundy or Gorn, and you want a point of difference there, Riley O'Brien can bring that, and it's 701,000. Uh, he's right in that range. Final thoughts, Edget? Yeah, it's um, it just seems like he's got his confidence back. Um, and getting his getting involved in the midfield linkage as well. Um, really noted that against the Hawks. Andrew Brayshaw, Fremantle. Uh, did see some tags early in the year. Nat Fife's gone into the middle. Adam Chera's out injured. He's got a break in 93. He's down at 694k. What are you thinking there, Jeff? Yeah, I think he's um, a very, very good target. Chera going out. Fife sees a little bit more midfield time. Um, and then they've got the uh, Benjamin Button and David Mundy still doing supremely well in there as well. So I think Brayshaw's surrounded by some senior heads and got the support and he can only develop from there and he doesn't really kill you with his with his possession. So um, he's an accumulator. That's what we like as our fantasy players to be. So here's the question, right? And we'll go refer back to Jack Siebel here. Do you think Jack Siebel will average more than Andrew Brayshaw? Do you think it's close? Or do you think it's the, the reverse? Brayshaw will average more than Zeeble. For the rest of the season? Yes, from this point onwards. Yeah. So I think I think Zeeble averages more. Okay. Do you think it's close? Uh, yeah, it's within 10 points. So you, there's 100,000 saving. That's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's and that's yeah, that's and to be totally honest to the listeners, that's this Brayshaw is the one I'm looking at because of that exact reason. It's it's dollars now. I've got to play the dollars game. I had my greed last week with Clayton Oliver. Um, and now it's about being smart. I, um, as much as I love how, having Oliver in my fantasy team, I, I'm really out of options, or I'm limited for options this week, and I love having a plora to play with, especially with the rolling lockout, and this week I just don't have that, and I'm sweating bullets with team selection and the like. So you, you brought up a very good point there. It's options, and you never want to be in that range of limited options. Yeah. So... That, that's a game for the listeners. I mean, you need to have multiple options so then you can target uh, pretty much low-owned players so you can move up rank. So limited options is where we don't want to sit for, for the remainder of the season. So very good point there. Okay, his teammate, Nat Five, 693K, does have that forward status. Break even 91. Did see a monster usage in that midfield last week. Uh, but pretty much against the soft matchup against the Kangaroos and Adam Chera uh, three weeks away from his ankle or however long that is. But yeah, Nat Five, what are you thinking, Chip? Yeah, no, he's he's another one that I'm looking at for sure. It's um, he does well against West Coast always. I remember I've seen it many times. So um, in the short term, I think the the um, scoring potentials there. Um, he's increased midfield roles there. It's um, it's it's a big tick. On to Dan Houston. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I got through was a late test pre-game round six. Got through and scored quite nicely in what was a soft matchup. He's at 666k and break even of 95. So he got through that game pretty much okay with that shoulder. So uh, what are you thinking there, Jeff, on Houston? I think he's still a good target. 95 break even does does not scream out get him right now. Uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, and the other screen point of not getting now is the game this week against 
Brisbane at um, at the Gabba, where Houston's a bit of a mark kick player. So I'm going to wait a week, but he's definite a round eight trade target for me. Okay, on to a few players from the listeners. Thanks for sending those in. Time to play like, dislike, add a comment if you like there, Jeb. We have got an eight-pack this week. Dane Zorko, obviously Lockie Neal, goes out of that team with his ankle surgery. What are you thinking on Zorko, like or dislike? Yeah, like Zorko. Um, he came good middle of last year, and I think um, from a limited preseason at the start of last year, he, he peaked and a bit of the same this year. So I think he's peaking up to better performances, and he's suddenly been doing his job. So that's a like? Yeah, big like. Okay, let me lead you into a little bit of information here, Jet, to see if I can sway you or make you think twice. Uh, listening as I do quite a bit of information there, pre-game a couple of weeks ago, uh, Dane Zorko did come out and say that he was still managing his Achilles this year, every game, every week. So he's been fine. It hasn't seemed to impact his game. It looked great on ground. But, yeah, those are worrying comments for someone to say in a pre-game interview. What are you thinking now? Oh, yeah. Who, who needs injury um, risk in this this season after what we've already caught? So dislike now. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a dislike because I, yeah, I knew that already. But, yeah, interesting to see you change your mind just based, based off those comments. Okay, Darcy Parrish, your mate, said no for a few weeks. I think you still should say no. So it'll be interesting to see where you sit right now. No, it's, it's still no. Yeah. I just can't. I want to see the consistency before I pick him, um, and a month consistency at minimum. So, no, we'll wait. So the other thing there is he played Collingwood again. Collingwood are getting exactly. caught through the midfield, and you know if he's going to score big against any team, it's going to be Collingwood, and he did. It was great, but you don't get Collingwood each week, do you? No, no, no. So I've been positive on Paris for many weeks and I'll still stay with that. But yeah, I think if you were no previously, you still need to remain a no. So Callum Mills uh, did see a decline in centre bounce usage in round six. So he last two weeks without Dane Ramby, he's been moving to defence. Spoke about this in the solo podcast. But if there's one player that can play in the midfield or in defence and score the same amount of points, it's Callum Mills. I don't think there's an issue either way where he plays. I think it's a massive light there for me, and that's just based on spending on a player that you're going to get a consistent points floor for. Jet. Yeah, I love him, and um, Rampy's only one or two weeks away, so it's not the end of the world. So uh, yeah, it's yeah, either it's way. It doesn't matter. Luck. Yeah. Yeah, big luck. Yep, big luck for me too. Uh, he's running mate there uh, previously in defence with Jake Lloyd, uh, high ceiling type player. What are you thinking for the rest of the year, Jet? Yeah, love him. Um, big target for me. I'm trying to plan to get him in. Obviously, given his um, ceiling for one price, he's still at 769k, break even at 105, but he'll be in my team at some point. Yep, massive block, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me as well. So the one that has been undersold all year is Josh Kelly. Underperforming all year, I should say. So uh, he's seen a bit of a role change. Interesting to see now with Lockett Whitfield coming back in and we had Harry Perryman come back into the team. What sort of situation that sets up for Josh Kelly? But what do people do if they have him already? I don't think he's a target, so it's a dislike for me. What do you think for those that um, have Josh Kelly? What do they do? And is it a like or dislike, Jeff? 
No, it's a dislike for me. I, there's a lot of factors at play here. There's just something not right with the Killy situation, and it points to where he's going to be next year. Um, the Whitfield dynamic isn't just the added uh, ingredient to the potion. So let's wait. Let's see. But I don't think Kelly will be in my team at any point this season. Yeah, the only reason he gets uh, liked for me if he hits a really low salary. But, you know, if he's hitting a really, really low salary, that means the scores still aren't there. All right, Jack McRae, for those that don't have him, Jeff, what are you thinking? But for me, it's a massive like. What are you thinking? Oh, it's a massive like. But again, it's a salary. You're playing the salary cap game. So can you get value in other primos? But Jack McRae specifically, oh, we've been blessed with the vice captain options and the loopholes. And we, again, this week, he's another loophole against Richmond, who we know they're not going to tag him. It's an automatic VC selection again. Um, there's not a lot to dislike about Jack McRae, is there? Definitely not. Okay, Brandon Ellis has scoring quite nicely at Gold Coast. Uh, again, fantasy goodness coming out of the Suns this year. Uh, for me, I actually like Ellis. Uh, it'd be a unique option for highly ranked teams, that's for sure. Jeff, like for me, what are you thinking? Yeah, the like is, yeah, I'd like him, and the big like is the point of difference. So trying to gain rank, and Ellis has that high ceiling. And our final player for the week, uh, Clayton Oliver. So you did target him last week, so I know you're going to say like. Uh, for me, it is a like. Final thoughts on the Oliver, Jeff? Yeah, just Oliver just commands that footy, and, and he's... He's not the midfielder that um, gets rested at half forward for too long. He does have stints at half forward, but your comments, Pete, and I completely agree with you about the game moving to more contested ball as we get into the wet season of winter is spot on. So it's maybe not for the right now, but it's for the down the track. Yeah, uh, opposition teams, well, most teams now are starting to clog up that corridor, so that is actually creating uh, a lot more stoppages. And then once we get into stoppage mode, contested players are back in vogue. So look out for that for the remainder of the season. All right, Jeff, let's wrap that up here as we head into round seven. Uh, just a reminder, solo podcast Monday nights and Jeff and I on Tuesday nights for late podcast drop. Uh, final thoughts heading into round seven, Jeff? Uh, good luck, plan ahead. Uh, by planning, get stuck into it. Those are my thoughts heading into round seven. So we've got a few weeks to sort yourselves out with regards to structure and how you want to come out swinging in round 13. So bank a little bit of cash, that's for sure. All right, Jeff, that's it for episode 79. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys.